Praise God. How's everybody tonight? Well, I'm glad to be here. You can tell the Spirit of God's already present and moving, and He just, uh, you know, He just fills the atmosphere and surrounds us with His goodness and His love and His grace and mercy. No better place to be. Amen? No, no, no better place to be than right in the middle of God's presence at all times. Amen. Well, uh, welcome. Glad to have you here tonight. This is first Wednesday of the month, Healing Night. All right? And so, so that'll be our emphasis. Uh, that'll be our focus. That doesn't mean that's necessarily the limitation of where we can go, because I've seen the Lord do many things in addition to what I planned and what we've got on the, you know, on the docket, so to speak. Uh, and so the Lord can and will and already has been speaking to us and moving in our midst. And, and so we just try to, uh, to leave the lid off in, in regards to what the potential and possibility of any time we gather can be. Uh, because I tell you that He is the God who it is said of in Ephesians chapter 3, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So I've been able to think about a few things, and uh, and they're pretty good, good stuff. I mean, if all we got got was what I thought, wouldn't be bad at all. Because I've been thinking good thoughts about this service. <laughs> I've had good thoughts about you. <laughs> Amen. And uh, and so God's got something beyond that, though. That's the point. Beyond all the good thoughts we've had, uh, He's got an ability to go. Beyond that. How does that work? According to the power, Ephesians 3.20, that works where? In us. In us. So there's a power of God at work in you today. Amen. And according to that power, we acknowledge it. We say, Lord, thank you. You're working in me. Lord, thank you. You're moving in my life. You're speaking to me. You, you, your, your, your will is being carried out. I'm being conformed into your image. My mind is being renewed. My plans are, 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 are ordered of you. My steps are ordered of you. Amen. As we acknowledge him and his power working in us, then it becomes manifest. Amen. Praise God. Now, see, already that was of God, and that didn't even really relate to healing. I mean, not directly. And, uh, and so the Lord's already been speaking to us tonight in, in addition to what I had planned. Well, praise God, that's already good. But we do want to talk a little bit about healing. And in just a little bit here, uh, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. The, you know, and in, when I say sick, whatever you want to call it, diseased, infirmed, injured, all that kind of stuff. And, and bodies are going to recover right before our eyes. All right, and you'll be healed tonight. You don't have to wait. It doesn't have to take a month or a week or a year or no, 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 no. Right here, right now. I mean, we're not talking fantasy. We're not talking God who's not real. We're not talking about some, you know, fairy tale wish list. Oh, if it only could be so. No, it not only can be so. It is so. Huh? And if this were up to, if this were all on us, then well, I don't have the power to heal anything, you know, of myself. I don't have ability within myself to, to fix anything and, you know, nothing like that. But I tell you, with God, all things are possible. And, uh, and not only that, Jesus already died on the cross. 
<laughs> Isn't that good? He already paid the price for our freedom, our victory, our healing, our salvation. And so we're just walking in it tonight. So all we do is simply set the captives free. Praise God. And so uh, I was thinking about the, the question. I was um, pondering the, the question of why does God want you to be well? Why does he want you to, he, to, to be healed? Why does he want us to participate in this great ministry of healing the sick? Do you know the reason for that is, is not complicated? It is simply because he loves you. He loves you tremendously. His love is on you all day long. And, and because of His love, His great love for you, He very much hates anything that hurts you. He very much despises disease and sickness and those things that rob people of an abundant life here on this earth. And, and, and so it is the love of God that, that, that is the reason for him uh, to heal. Some have, have said that while Jesus was on the earth and, and there were many, many healings and there were uh, some other signs and great miracles and things of that nature, some have said that, well, the reason Jesus did those things was simply to prove that he was the Son of God. And I don't believe that for a moment. I really don't believe that for a moment. That Jesus did these things to prove he was the Son of God. The scripture does tell us in John chapter 10 that the works that he did, he, he said, they do bear witness of me. Okay, they did bear witness to him that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ, no doubt about it, that he was anointed. However, the scripture also tells us in Matthew 14 and verse 14 that when Jesus saw a great multitude, he was, he, he, he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Do you know why Jesus healed the sick and the great multitude? Because he loved them. He saw people who were hurting. He saw people who were suffering. And he was moved from the inside. And that motivated him. That stirred him to reach out and bring healing to those who were afflicted. I want to tell you today, the motive of God is the same for you and me. I tell you, the motive of the Lord, His desire for you to be well, to be strong, to live life long and full of vitality and strength is coming from a place of love and compassion for your life. Likewise, it's true for us. His followers, how many know, as we move to bring healing to the sick, uh, we're not setting out to prove anything. We're not setting out to prove God here tonight and just kind of, you know, or, you know, try to give people an idea that we are something, that we're something special. No, we're something powerful. No, we seek to reveal the love of Christ, the love of Christ, and by having compassion on those who suffer. Amen. If you want to be used in these areas yourself. So I want the Lord to move through me and work through me to bring healing to the sick. Well, here's the heart. Here's the heart that God can use. Here's the attitude that He can flow through. 
one that sees hurting people and has compassion on them. Do you know that's already God working through you? The, the work of God starts in us before the power flows. The work of God starts in us when we see the sick and afflicted. We see the hurting and we, we have compassion on them and we say, I want them well. I want them to be relieved of their suffering and their affliction. Amen. And, 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 so, and so the Lord, uh, because of His love, because of His great compassion for people, how many know uh, He'll shoot people straight? Same thing ought to be true with us. When you really love someone, you're going to tell them like it is. How many know if you're constantly afraid of people, I don't know, uh, misjudging you wrong or questioning your motives or disagreeing with something you have to say, you will back off of sharing the truth with them. If that is top priority, I want them to like me. I want them to approve of everything I say. Sometimes it'll keep you from sharing the very vital truth that they need to be set free. You know, one day Jesus was uh, uh, talking. In fact, this guy that we refer to in Scripture calls him the rich young ruler came to Jesus asking him about how he could obtain eternal life. Uh, and uh, I think it's Mark chapter 10. And, uh, and he went through some discussion with them, with him about what he had done and so forth. And then the scripture says that, that Jesus loved him. He loved him. You know what he told him right after he loved him? He told him, go sell everything you have, man, and come follow me. Now, how many know that's a kind of a hard thing to tell someone? That can be difficult to just tell someone, but that was the answer that guy needed. He needed to hear that answer, and it took true love to tell him that and to give him that statement. If he did, if Jesus didn't really love him, he'd have said, man, I can... I have better things to do than to get in an argument with this guy today and, uh, you know, ruin this guy's life. But he loved him, and so he told him the truth. Praise God. How many know we can, we can learn some things from that concerning our own lives? If you have family, if you have friends, and you see them going the wrong way, how many know what love will do in your life? It'll cause you and motivate you to try to stand in the way. If you see someone about to go off a cliff, you're going to do your best to try to stop them and try to keep them from going off. Now, you can't ultimately make decisions for people. And how many know you're certainly going to try? Huh? And sometimes you even have to go to the point where, where you risk the relationship. You risk that relationship. That person may never want to see you again. But because of your great love for them... There are some times you're just going to tell them anyway. You're just going to say, hey, man, you're thinking wrong about this. You're going the wrong direction. You're making some wrong decisions. It's not going to end well. You're being messed within your thought life. You're being messed within your belief system. You're going the wrong, wrong direction. Stop. And they might get angry with you. They might get upset with you. That person in, that, that G, I was referencing, that rich young ruler, he didn't go away happy that day. He didn't go away with a smile on his face and say, hey, I just had a meeting with Jesus. Just been with the master. Woo, it was good. The presence of the Lord, huh? No, he wasn't happy about it. He went away sad, but Jesus risked that because that was the thing that was needed to make him free. Amen. 
I don't know who I'm talking to about these things tonight yet or not, but I know it's true concerning healing. I know it's true concerning other things. Uh, you know, there are beliefs about the healing power of God that keep people bound, that keep people afflicted. They keep them in their current condition. Some people take pride and they revel in their condition. They identify, hey, well, I'm a, I'm a this person. You know, I'm a, I'm a part of the disabled crowd. You know, and they get you know, special attention from society and, and sometimes financial benefits and sometimes attention from family members because they're disabled in a certain way. But how many know if you want the power of God, the healing power of God to flow through you, you've got to disconnect from that identity. Someone said, well, you saying if I get healed tonight, I won't be able to park in the handicapped spot anymore. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to be willing to give that up. Huh? Because if that's what you love more than healing, keep the handicap spot. I mean, hey, no condemnation here. We made a spot for you, even at the church. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you, if you want to be well, there are some things that, that have to go. You have to stop identifying with a certain condition and start identifying with Jesus. Start identifying with, with a believer who is healed in Christ. Hallelujah. You know, I've seen individuals, I've told some of you about them before, but individuals are in different communities, whether it's blindness or, or lack of hearing or those kind of things. Sometimes people say, hey, this is who I am. You're saying there's something wrong with me. I say, have whatever you want. I'm not here to condemn anyone, make anyone feel bad. I'm just saying, if you want to be healed, you can't embrace this condition. If you, if you want it to be different, if you don't, fine, good. If your sins are forgiven, we're going to heaven. <laughs> but if you want things to be different, you have to disconnect from a particular mentality and adapt a new way of thinking. And that's a healed way of thinking. Okay? It's everything's fine with me now. I'm no longer going to act this way. Some things in my life are going to change from this moment on. Amen. And so when we, when we change our thinking... Then we change our living and our existence. Uh, if you brought your Bible with you, uh, look with me at the book of Mark, chapter 16. Mark, chapter 16. If you've been in church very long, you've certainly read these verses. Or if you've been a Christian very long, you've read these verses probably numerous times. But they haven't lost any strength. Good news, they haven't diminished in their power. There's a lot of verses in the, in the Bible, but how many know you only have to believe one verse concerning healing, and it'll make you it'll make you well in an instant. It, I mean, one word from God has enough potential and power in it to change everything just like that. You know, I joked around with some people today and said, "Hey, I found a healing verse in the Bible. Finally, I found it." And uh, a healing verse. But, I mean, obviously that's a joke because there are many, 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 many verses on healing. But how many know if you only found one, it would be sufficient? I mean, you only have to believe one word and it'll, it, that word will produce whatever it is. Whatever that word promises, whatever it says, it'll produce that result in your life if you'll believe it and act on it. Identify with it. Think like it and not think like life previous to that point. It works with anything. 
Uh, works with peace. It works with prosperity. It, it works with the plan of God and being uh, knowing that you have a significant role in God's kingdom. It works with anything. You find something that 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 speaks to you, where God reveals something to you. You can begin from that moment to identify with it, and that one word will change you forever. There are individuals that know Scripture up, down, sideways, front and back, can quote the Bible, but don't know any of it truly inside. And there are other people that come along and they get saved one day. They find a promise the next day and it's working for them instantly. Huh? Praise God. Now, my goal isn't to just know as little as possible, but I want to make sure that I really know what I know. Huh? Praise God. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples at the end of his ministry. He'd been raised from the dead. The deal is done. He's about to head, head back to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And uh, he said to them, to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, did you notice here that believing produces salvation? How does one get saved? They believe unto that salvation. Now, that salvation there, and if you look up that word uh, saved, it's the, it's the Greek word sozo, and, and it means saved. Praise God. But it means saved not just in the spiritual sense, not just in the go to heaven, forgiven of my sins sense. It means saved. It's an all-encompassing word. It, it, you'll see uh, that it's defined by words like protection and deliverance and uh, um, uh, other words like preservation. Uh, those type of words, they're all encompassing. Let me ask you a question now for a moment. When, and, and healing and wholeness, those, those words, that's what I was kind of going to get to. I almost forgot the punchline. Uh, <laughs> healing and wholeness, all, all, all in that word. Let, let me ask you a question. When does a person get saved? Well, a person gets saved when they believe or here and now, when they call on the name of the Lord, when they believe they are saved now. Not saved in eternity. Not saved after they die, when they go to heaven. Salvation is something that is present here and now that we go to heaven in, right? And so if I get saved here, and saved also means that I'm protected, and that I'm delivered, and that I am sustained, and that I am preserved, and that I am healed and made whole, then when am I, when am I saved? When am I those things? Now. When am I healed? Now. Well, what do you mean now? Specifically now means when I believe the word. Or in particular here, when I believe the gospel. Right? So, one can only believe what is preached. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach your doctrines. Go into all the world and preach Whatever you want people to do. <laughs> no, 
He said, go into all the world and make sure you preach the gospel or gospel means good news. You go and you tell people the good stuff. Huh? Why, t- why preach the gospel? Because the gospel pres- produces desired results when believed. What's the desired result? I'm protected, I'm healed, I'm saved, I'm preserved, I'm forgiven. Huh? I get salvation if I believe the gospel. Everybody okay? All right. Now, he, of course, he went on to say, if you believe that, believe and baptize yourself. If you don't believe, those who don't believe, they'll be what? Condemned. They'll be condemned. What, what does that mean? Condemned means, the Greek word means to judge against. Or it is, it is a sentence. Okay, if I'm saved now, I believe unto salvation here now, I can also not believe unto condemnation here and now. I'm not talking about in, in absence of eternity, because eternity is, of course, the end game here. We all end up there. But all these things are present here and now. And so, if then... The, the unbelieving one is found guilty and they are sentenced, then the opposite of what saved is, is what happens to unbelieving ones. Do you see the contrast here? I believe the good news unto salvation, all that is, or I don't believe the good news and it results in condemnation or it results in an absence of protection and deliverance and wholeness, healing, preservation. It results in the opposite of what I can have if I believe the gospel. Everybody with me today? Did I get too deep on that? Is that... I know you guys are super sharp. I don't mean to offend your intelligence. I just want to make sure I'm communicating on a, on a level where everyone can be uh, 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 blessed by the word going forward because believing the gospel produces the very thing that we want in life. It really does. And so uh, hold your finger there for a moment. Look over at Acts chapter 14. Acts 14. Here, here, here's a, a, a real life example of uh, this very word. In Acts 14, verse reading starting in verse 7, it says, And they were preaching the gospel there. So that's what Jesus said to do, right? He said to preach the gospel, and so they were doing that. That's a good thing. Whenever you're doing what God said, you can expect God results. They were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man was with, without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him. Now, he heard Paul speaking what? The gospel. The one that Jesus said to preach in Mark 16. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. So Paul watched him, he listened to Paul, and Paul watched him, and what did Paul see in him? Faith to be healed. Where did he get faith to be healed? 
from hearing the gospel. That tells me that the definition that I gave you from Sozo in Mark 16 is right. Because here he preached the gospel and the guy listening to it got faith to be healed. So how many know it's impossible that Paul was teaching something that said, well, you know, sometimes God heals people and sometimes he doesn't. Or healing has passed away. He no longer does these things today. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and so it's done. So no more of that. Couldn't have been teaching that. Otherwise, the guy would have got faith to be crippled. Right? If you tell someone that, if you tell someone, well, you never know what God's going to do. If you tell someone, oh, healing could take a year. If you, Whatever you tell people, that's what they have the potential to believe. And they will believe unto the word preach. And so the gospel Paul was preaching obviously contained within it an ability for this person to believe for healing now. Amen. I remember one time I was on an airplane flying back from somewhere back to here. And uh, a gentleman I was talking to, he was from Texas. And uh, and he was, t- he was a believer. He was doing the talking, I was doing the listening. And uh, he was telling me about uh, his church. And he said, I, I go to this church and da-da-da-da-da. And I was happy to hear about that and everything. And he was a believer. But he brought up, without me saying anything, he said, at my church, we don't talk about and preach all that extra stuff like healing. He, he said, we just preach the gospel. <laughs> well, what did he? He said, we don't preach healing. We preach the gospel. What gospel would that be? What is the good news for a sick person? Not his gospel. I tell you what, no one ever sat in that church. And while they were listening, did faith rise up in their heart to be healed? Why? Because they they skinnied down the gospel. And they probably stripped away everything except the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And so probably people were able to, to, to receive that and thank God for that. But, but that's not the same gospel that Paul preached. Otherwise, this guy would not have gotten up and walked. Amen. And, and so go back to then, then to Mark 16. Mark 16. And, uh, and, and, and reading a bit further then. Let's see. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those... Who believe. Now again you see good things follow believing ones. Follow believing ones. Now what's the opposite of that? These believers will follow signs. How many know that's not what Jesus advocated? How many know believers are not supposed to be running around the country chasing signs and wonders? Hey there's a revival over here. Everybody go. Hey now there's one over here. Let's run over there. Hey let's fly over here. God's moving over here. That is not a correct mentality for a believer to have that we are running around finding where God is moving and looking for signs. Why? Because they are supposed to follow the believer, not the believer follow them. Huh? And if we have to go somewhere else to see signs and wonders, that just shows that we are not the believing ones. Amen. Praise God. Isn't this good that we can carry the revival wherever we go? 
that, 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 that we can initiate. I learned, I learned uh, quite a few years ago now that I could initiate the power of God on my own, on my own. That if I wanted to be, uh, to see people healed and I wanted to see God move, I could make that happen. Huh? Oh God, just move. No, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So, so that sounds kind of arrogant. No, I don't mean that's in and of myself. I've just found out that God's always on. He always wants to move. He has love and compassion for people continually, far beyond what I do. And if I will just say what He says, in other words, if I will tell people the good news. If I will preach the biblical gospel, then God would work with me all the time. I mean, all the time. Didn't have to be a special day. Didn't have to be a special event. Not a whole lot of hoopla around it. I could just say, this is what Jesus did for you. This is what he did for you on the cross. And as I tell them, as I speak that word, what happens? Faith to be healed rises up in their heart and God moves. Why? These signs follow me because I'm a believer. Amen. And they're not just me. I didn't say they follow me because I'm a, I'm a minister, because I'm a pastor, because I'm a full-time ministry person. No, no, no. They follow believers. Amen. You don't have to have a teaching gift. You don't have to have, you don't have to quote, be a preacher as we so, so, is so-called, like a professional preacher. No, no, no. Just have to be a believer. If you're a believer, signs follow you. Are there any believers in the house today? Come on, you carry the power of God wherever you go. Come on, if you're a believer, say it with me tonight. Say, uh, say I'm a believer. Therefore, signs follow me. Yeah. See, that's what Jesus said. So where do they follow me? Wherever you go. They follow you home. They follow you at work. They go to the gas station with you. They go to the mall with you. They go to your friend's house. Signs follow you wherever you go. Huh? Hallelujah. And so these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new new tongues. Notice my emphasis on the word they. In other words, it didn't say God would cast out demons. It didn't say the Holy Spirit would speak in tongues. No, he said, he said they would do that. Who, who's they? The believers. If you believe this, you will cast them out. You will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, and, and they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Again, same language here. What's it saying? They will take them up. They will take up the serpents. Now, obviously, he's not talking about people who go find snakes and have services around snakes. Little little snake handling going on. He's talking about out there preaching the gospel in situations where uh, where they could be attacked, like Paul was in Acts uh, 23, with that that viper came out of the fire and he shook it off, and it's just no. It's called protection. Okay, as you go out and do this, these things happen to you. You'll be protected. And he said that if you drink anything deadly, it will not by no means hurt you. I think drink could include eat as well. Good thing to say over your food, huh? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> no deadly thing uh, will, will harm me, especially depending where you eat. If that's at a friend's house. Uh, could I say the prayer tonight? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Just quoting scripture here.
If I eat or drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt me. But again, who does that work for? It works for the believing one. It's not some superstition. It's not some magic formula. It's not some incantation. It comes from the heart. It is a belief in the very words of God that He is with you. He's there performing signs. They follow you everywhere you go. Amen. Praise God. And then, then the last phrase here, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, praise God. What causes sick people to recover? Well, believers laying hands on them. Yeah. In what context? The context of preaching the gospel. Preaching just means proclaiming or telling. When someone tells, they speak, they proclaim the good news of what Jesus did for them through the death and resurrection, then what happens? Then they lay hands on them and recovery goes right into them. Amen. There's a transfer of that healing anointing. The good news of what Jesus did for them. And then verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. What did they preach? Why? They preached good news, not bad news. They didn't preach guilt. They didn't preach shame. They didn't preach you bunch of dirty rascals. They preached the good news of what Jesus did for them. And the, uh, uh, they preached everywhere. It goes on to say, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So why does uh, or why do signs follow those who believe? Uh, Because the Lord works with them to produce those very things. Why do signs follow us? Because the Lord follows us. Because the Lord works with us. And He's with us to what end? We say it and He brings brings it to pass. We proclaim it. It enters into the heart of a person. And Jesus says, yeah, Amen. That's why I'm confident that when I speak and when I pray and when I lay hands on individuals, it's not, it's not a matter of, of, of my ability or my intellect or my righteousness, my holiness. It's a matter of Jesus is with me. He is with me. I, 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 te- I tell you this, didn't plan to tell you this, but I tell you this with, uh, Fear and trembling and awe of God, but I've had times right in this very service, in the in this in this very place where I've laid hands on me and I've experienced Jesus stepping into me and ministering through me. And I'm standing there and I'm I'm quite conscious of the fact that Jesus his hands are in my hands and he's standing there within me and i tell that is not due to my own goodness or anything at all i get zero credit but the power of god goes right through me and i know it is not of me it is it jesus is here right now and he is bringing healing to this person why is he doing that i tell you cuz he loves them huh he loves them tremendously he loves them and wants people well And that's the word to you. If you've got problems in your body today, Jesus loves you. 
He loves you, period. Don't add anything else to that. Don't add any ifs, ands, or buts, and whatabouts. No, just say thank you. Lord, you love me. Come on, just receive his love. Just receive the compassion of the Lord and let his power flow in through you and make you well. Amen.